for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quart, and we are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Liv Hanna. How's it going today, Liv? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing really well. Doing really well. It is. I, well, I'm not going to complain about the heat here because you're in Miami, so I'm sure it is just as bad, if not worse there. So mm-hmm. For sure. 95 and humid every day. Yeah. I, so I'm in uh, central Texas, and it's... Uh, it's 97, just not humid. It's like, oh yeah, gosh. that humidity is yeah, not there. So, yeah, yeah. But excited <laughs> to have you here. Excited to sit down and chat with you a little bit. I've been uh, talking to uh, who is it? Your manager, I think it is. Uh, MEI. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Been talking to them about getting this set up for a little bit. So excited to finally get this on. Thank you. I'm excited too. Yeah. So you're based out of Miami now, but you're originally from New York. Uh, born, raised New York. Yes. So I was born and raised in Garden City. So Long Island, New York, it's like 20 minutes from Manhattan, which is loved growing up with that experience. Gotcha. So, mm-hmm. New York's one of those things where I could just say New York and it's like, I could meet the city. I could meet the state. Nobody really knows. And yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, so it, glad to have you on. Um, growing up in New York, what was it like growing up in New York for you? Um, well, we would go to a lot of Broadway shows because my family is very musical. So that was, we would always go into the city and we have like all of our playbills stacked in the basement and all of our like signs, posters from Hamilton and Wicked all framed. So like, I'm so thankful that I was just able to go to a show whenever and I was 20 minutes from the city. So I really loved having that experience and yeah. Nice. And so that was kind of your introduction to music was through Broadway plays and stuff like that. Yes. And also my dad is very into music. So he collects guitars. And in our house, we have all the guitars, we have a drum set, all that stuff. Cause and we have the piano, of course. And I started taking piano lessons at a very young age, maybe like eight, I would say. And I took mm. voice lessons at the same time too. So I was exposed at a very young age nice. to all genres. Sweet. Uh, so who are you listening to at that point, as far as like in, musically influencing you outside of the like Broadway musical stuff? Um, Back then, honestly, I would say Alicia Keys because my dad was like obsessed with her and had like her CD or whatever. So we'd always listen to her in the car and just like old rap, I guess. Like this isn't even that old, like Jay-Z. He loved Jay-Z. Okay. So I like yeah. grew up on that. But then he also did like rock, like ACDC, yeah. like everything. Yeah, that's really cool. That's what I really like about the generation of musicians that are coming up and have been around for a little bit is they've got this like wide eclectic range of influences, you know, mm-hmm. that because their families were, you know, you had the brother that liked hip hop, and then you had the dad that liked the rock music, and then you had yeah. like the mom that liked pop or country, you know, like depending yeah, on what it was. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of be a lot of the musicians nowadays kind of being exposed to that is really cool. And it's opening a lane for like genre bending music right now which is really right. interesting to listen to so 
I completely agree. Oh, so you'd mentioned that you started taking piano lessons and vocal lessons at the age, you said eight, correct? Yeah, I think it was around eight. Yeah. Um, So at what point did you kind of discover that writing music was something that you wanted to look into? Um, I would say it was about like 11, 12. I was in middle school and I don't even know what I was writing about. I guess like the angst of like going through like from like middle school to high school and all of that. Um, But I was really like I was doing community theater, like I said, and like theater intensives. And I was studying like opera, like classically Mm -hmm. with my teacher. So I thought like, oh, I'm going to be an opera voice major. Oh, I'm going to do like a BFA theater program in college. And Mm -hmm. then like I was 12 years old and I was like composing my own melodies and coming up with chord progressions and lyrics. And I was like, this is really cool. Yeah. So So you you originally thought you were going to go into like the more classically trained opera realm? And then you anything. Yeah, I I wasn't thinking that I was going to be a songwriter when I was in like third, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah. I just like knew like, oh, I want to do music, you know, whatever yeah. that was. Yeah. And at that time, because you had been going to Broadway plays, I mean, yeah, you had uh, you know, your parents listening to music and whatnot, and your fam your family was really musical, but you know, it's just like, okay, it's this or this, and that's yeah. all it was. So um no, so that's really cool that uh, you started discovering songwriting. Some of those early songs, do you, you, I'm assuming you probably still don't play those, do you? Or I don't. Um, okay. One of them I recorded, and I think maybe I was like 14 when I mm-hmm. decided to like record it. And I went to the city and I did like a whole music video for it. It's called Aftermath. I don't even know if the video is still on YouTube, but that if you want to try, it might be on Spotify if you want to try and look for it. But that was like my first like recorded song ever. Fair. Well, yeah, at least you didn't completely try and scrub it from the internet. Like it may no still way. be out there, it may not yeah. be. So, because you know, a lot of musicians they go through like a a rebrand or the music doesn't represent them, so they sometimes will take it down. And it's like you have to like really dig in the deep in deep dark interwebs. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, I kind of want to hear some of that early stuff because I some. Know. Of, yeah, so, I was like going through rebranding when I released Back to Hell and mm-hmm. I was telling everyone like, oh, I'm changing all my pictures. I'm changing like my vibe and I'm like dark alt pop now. And I wanted to, I have 10 singles out. Well, now mm-hmm. I have 11 and I literally wanted to delete like eight of them. And everyone was like, no, like I still like this from like 2018 or 2019. Yeah. So I'm just going to keep them. But I really, I wanted to do exactly that. Yeah. So. <laughs> It. But you know it, it's just one of those things like I get it from both sides where it's like it doesn't really represent me but there's yeah. people that still want to listen to it so it's yeah yeah I'll leave it yeah for sure um so how does the kind of the transition from New York to Miami happen was that something that you had always been planning or um so I go to the University of Miami okay. I'm in the Frost School of Music and originally I applied early decision to NYU and they were both, I didn't get in, but it's okay because this was also like my dream school. Like they were tied yeah. at too. So I'm just so happy that I got in here and I got like the half music ride and I love, love, love it. So everything happens for a reason because I can't even see myself staying in New York. This is just like branched. I needed to branch out and not yeah. live 20 minutes from my parents. So I just, yeah. I love it here. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and it, that's always kind of an interesting question because, you know, you see a lot of people that they're when they take on music as a career it's like okay well I'm gonna either move to New York LA Nashville 
So, and uh, recent, more recently, it's been Austin, but you know, it, it's like there's those three or four major cities where they're trying to move to, and then you're like, "Yep, I need to get out of this major city," and which I 100% understand because I grew up in the south side of Chicago, and the first thing I did was left as quickly as I could. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you've been in um, Miami full time now for a couple days. I mean, I know you said you're going to school there, but you've been there full-time now a couple days Um, or yeah I think it's been like three years like in general I just moved into my apartment my new one like last Mm -hmm. week so I've been here for like a week in my new gotcha yeah that's what I was built because you know sometimes going to school it's like you leave for the summer you leave for break or whatever but moving into an apartment it's like that makes it like an official move in my book so Mm -hmm. yeah so uh, so let's talk about the new single uh back to hell which is absolutely amazing. I, I really enjoy listening to the song. Um, what's kind of the story behind the song? Um, well, I think Back to Hell, in my opinion, kind of like is my negative headspace. Like when I say I'm going back to hell, I'm like going back to like my negative thinking or it could be like bad habits or like negative patterns in my life or it could it could be a relationship for someone, you know, people can interpret it interpret it however they want but like whatever's not good for you it's like oh you're getting sucked back into that Mm. so that's basically what it is but it's also a reminder that even if you're feeling like that depression or whatever it may be or that isolation that it's so relatable like unfortunately a lot of people go through that Mm -hmm. so although it's a sad song it's supposed to be a reminder that we're not alone so yeah for sure, for sure. I definitely picked up on that. And, you know, it, it was quite interesting as I was kind of getting acquainted with you listening to all your music in general, you brought up that you were um, like classically trained doing uh, like opera and stuff. And I that was the first thing I picked up on listening to your music because, you know, I've I've listened to a lot of music where it's like you got the more classically trained, whether they were going to be an opera singer or whatever it was, and then you got the more... DIY trained and there's like definitely a spectrum of music there because like there's a certain clarity in your voice that I picked up on that has like like that tends to come from the more classical training where your diction and your um just like the overall clarity is right there where you know some musicians it's like they they have they're a little bit more rougher around the edges Mm -hmm. so yeah that was the first thing yeah um so back to hell, it's you. Re- it released back in June, correct? Yeah, June second. Cool. Uh, so, w- what kind of went into the thought process behind this song? I know you were saying that you were kind of going through like a rebrand with this. Um, why did you choose this kind of be that first song? Like, I mean, I know you said you have a bunch of stuff already out there, but why did you kind of choose this to be that first song of the new you, essentially? That's so funny. I have a song called New You. <laughs> um, but anyways, I I just really loved it when I wrote it. I was like, this is the one. And I did it differently than I did most of my other songs because I've said in other interviews that I usually start at the piano. Like I have my keyboard over there. And this time I was watching Modern Family in my bed and I just started journaling. And I was like, oh, I'm so tired of overthinking. Like I didn't even have a melody. I was journaling watching my show and that's how the song started so it was like really deeply personal for me and it wasn't just like oh like these are cool chords you know I was like this is so cool like I loved it and then after I wrote that I wrote a bunch of other songs that kind of go with like the same 
vibe. And I was like, now I like, I felt more secure in who I was. And this is just this year, like I wrote in October Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm more secure as an artist and like what I want to sound like and what I want, like my genre kind of to be and like my inspo artists and what I've released in the past was kind of like not my vibe as we've spoken about. And now I feel like I'm trying to work on an EP and all the songs are so like cohesive together. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. Nice. That was actually going to ultimately where I was building to is like, are you building to an EP and whatnot? Um, and th- once you do get this out, this will be your first e- full project or yes, full project, right? Okay. Um, what? So leading into the EP, are where are you kind of at on that process? Are you still writing the music or are you recording? Where are you kind of at? Um, okay, so I think that all the songs like are written, mm-hmm. and I think. Back to Hell is going to be on it, obviously. That's the name of it. Um, so Back to Hell is done. Sign it on the line. I'm allowed to say the names. That's mm-hmm. done. Um, crazy. I was, Crazy's like, just needs to be recorded, but it's just a ballad. So it's just me and the piano. I was at the studio last night doing Lonely. Do you see how they're all kind of like mm-hmm. the same vibe? I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you can get that from the titles. But um, I'd say it's coming along like 70%, 60%. Yeah. Hey, you're giving it a percentage. So that means you you're you're moving on pretty good. Like if you weren't giving a percentage, then it's like okay, you're you're still yeah. in the very beginning phases. We're making progress. Yeah. Uh, are you? Tr- I'm assuming you're trying to get that out this year, or just kind of whenever it's ready. Whenever it's ready, and I want to release some as singles first because mm-hmm. sometimes when you drop an EP, like that's it, all the songs are out. Like how many streams are you really going to get? You know. Mm-hmm. So yep. I gotta like tease them first. Yep. hundred percent. That's, uh, that's kind of the name of the game right now is like, yeah, do a full pro-, pro doing full projects are still really cool for somebody like me because I, I enjoy sitting down and listening to the full story and just like, whether it's on vinyl or, you know, like if you release it on vinyl or whatever it is, just sitting down and listening to the whole thing front to cover mm-hmm. or front to back. Um, but the name of the game right now is singles because you uh you kind of run you pretty much in the course of putting out an ep it's the same as putting out a single because it's like they're going to listen to it and in three months you're going to have to have something ready to go again so i know yeah i agree with you so whenever it's ready and i have some singles out first nice awesome um so kind of piggybacking off that with uh the whole thing you're you're obviously still working on the ep and you know you're getting there um what's been the biggest struggle of trying to to work on this entire project Hmm. you know i've really loved this project so i don't really have anything negative to say Hmm. this is more a criticism on my end i think i need to better articulate like what sounds i want and how Mm -hmm. Like I want my music to come across and come mm. to life. And that's just something I need to work on. Yeah. But making sure that everything is like a hundred percent like the way I want it. And yeah. like I say, like, oh, this here, like it happens, you know, yeah. and I love it before I master it and release it. Yeah, I gotcha. And that that's kind of where I'm going with that question is it's not so much thinking of something negative, but like thinking and working on a EP or an LP, just like a bigger project like that has has to come with some different challenges to overcome versus like a single because it's like a single 
all right, sounds good to me. Release, you know, but with like an EP, you have to make sure the marketing's in play. You have to make sure that everything. Also, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but also like the order of the songs is so important. And I've literally since January, I've been like trying to like put them in different orders. It's just like five or six songs, but you know, you have to like create that story and have like a balance. And so. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Oh, and so obviously it's summertime right now. So you are, I'm, are you taking summer classes or no? Or is that. I tried to, I wanted to take math and it just didn't happen. So I'm just going to take it in the fall, but. Fair. Very fair. Oh, but kind of uh, during the summer, are you playing show? Are you, how regularly are you playing shows right now? Is that something you're doing pretty consistently or since? Yeah, I've really been trying to. I'm mm -hmm. like online trying to find like guitarists and drummers and whatnot to create like a band and gig. Mm -hmm. And I'm calling places like ready to gig. So mm -hmm. fingers crossed because I'm ready. So gotcha. Gotcha. For sure. And, um, it's obviously 4th of July weekend right now. Uh, what are your plans for the weekend? So I'm going to fly home to New York. I'm just going to be there for like a few days because I'm working in Miami. But mm -hmm. my family's there and my friends are having like a whole big event. So, nice. yeah, I had to be there. Awesome. Awesome. So that'll be that'll be a fun trip. It'll be cool to go back home and just kind yeah. of not so have to. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. Awesome. Um, but kind of moving forward outside of music when it when it's time for you to take a break and kind of re relax decompress all that fun stuff what do you do what are some of your hobbies stuff like that okay so I feel like this is so basic but I have to say I love Pilates this is such a stupid thing to say but like I I go like four times a week I have it after this interview it's just my favorite thing because it's like grounding and you have to focus and like not think about anything else like it's different <laughs> than like running on the treadmill or like going to the gym so I love that. I love working out too. And just like watching a show, going to the beach. I've been painting recently. Not that oh, wow. good, but nice. like, I have, like these little Chanel shirts on coat, mm -hmm. coat hangers. So that's something that I do. But I mean, it's really just like songwriting in my free time or singing karaoke. Mm -hmm. So nice. on YouTube, you know. Yeah, I got you. That's cool. Um, what's your favorite karaoke song? Oh, gosh. <sighs> Or I what's mean, your go-to, I guess? Yeah, Love on the Brain, Rihanna is a good one. Um, I've been singing, like, Part of Your World lately because the Little Mermaid movie. Okay. But, um, like, Fleetwood Mac, too, like mm -hmm. Stevie Nicks songs. Mm -hmm. I love her, so. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. And then the painting, that's, is is that something that you've always kind of done throughout your childhood, or is that something, like, 100% brand new you've started to? It's kind of, like, a little new. Like, I took, like, an art class in, like, third grade. Like, I really... I didn't even think I could do this. My friend was over and she was like, let's just paint. And I was like, okay. And then, yeah. So now I have like all my canvases and like the paints and the brushes and like a whole nice. little setup. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That I think that's something that a lot of people kind of overlook when they're kind of chasing their dreams, whether it be, you know, like in any, any world is they overlook the self-care aspect of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's super important for people. For sure. Um, keep, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Keep grinding, then you're going to burn out. So you have to, like, take the time to, like, have downtime for yourself. 
yeah for sure for sure it's uh it's just kind of funny because like just behind you it looks like all white and you've got the paint right there it's like oh that would scare the hell out of me because if i spill this or anything it's just gonna be ruined you know i know yeah i was painting on my bed too on my white comforter Oh, but, <laughs> but, but that's just me because it's like I got the dropsies like I'll drop anything and it's like oh yeah everything in my house is like a dark color so if I drop on it drop anything on it it's not as big of a deal so <laughs> yeah um but yeah cool um so kind of moving forward with the back to hell it's out now people can listen to it what do you hope people can take away from the song as they listen to it um I hope that they realize that they aren't alone in what they're going through. I'm not saying everyone's like depressed, yeah. um, but I'm just saying that like whatever hardship you're going through, like your other people are going through hardships too. Like you don't know everybody's problems and everyone's going through something, you know? So I mm -hmm. hope that people can relate to it in some way, shape or form and just like feel less alone in going through their problems or fighting whatever struggle it is. Yeah, for sure. I 100% agree. And then uh, one thing that we like to do on the podcast here is we like to pass on knowledge with the uh, young musicians out there. And um, so from your standpoint, what's something you've learned throughout your musical career that you wish you would have known when you first got started? Um, I would say be patient, which is a little bit hard for me. Um, but it's very important, especially when you're working with people like mm -hmm. It takes months for like a perfect song. It can't be like da 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 da. You have to be patient and like if you really want it to turn out perfectly, you gotta put the time and effort and like sit there. And then another thing that I would say for artists or songwriters is don't criticize or don't compare yourself. Mm -hmm. And that means to other people, but it also means don't compare like yourself or your songs to your past work. Mm -hmm. Like I've been songwriting and I'm like, oh my god, back to hell is so good. Like this doesn't sound like it. Of course it doesn't sound like it because it's a new story and it's a totally different like project, you know? Yeah. So you just like can't compare and be like, this sucks. No, just don't judge it and just write what you're feeling. So that's yeah. very important, I think. For sure, for sure. Oh, uh, the So one thing that I wanted to talk about here really quick, which I also think is very important, is to recognize growth. And it, which is kind of funny because the first single on your uh pod or on your spotify has grown so yeah uh how have you kind of grown as a musician from that first release in 2020 up until back to hell oh my gosh i have grown immensely um but i would say that all my songs still kind of resonate with the same themes because mm -hmm. if you listen back on that or watch the video it's me and my high school friends in the city in our all girls Catholic school uniforms and then like the subway closes and opens and we're like in our individual outfits as yeah. like our own people who have grown mm -hmm. um <clears throat> sorry yeah. um what was the question again I don't even remember oh how have you grown as a musician oh from... no, I've grown yeah um well I think that moving to Miami honestly has just opened my horizons and I'm able to like experience different things and just write differently than I was in New York because I'm an only child also. Mm. So I kind of was like sheltered and like, yeah, I had my piano and my studio in my house, but like, I really had like nothing to write about. Like mm. I went to an all girls school, like I lived in the suburbs, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. just being like this big city and like just going out and like having experiences, I am able to write a whole other um, list of things and networking with the people in Frost as well has been amazing. 
for sure for sure uh so did you move to miami like right in the middle of the pandemic or were you there um, before the pandemic kicked off mm-mm. it was like uh, it was august 2021 so okay was year after so like as things were really starting to come down and yeah. yeah, we had to wear masks and there were a lot of rules like in classes and everything. It was pretty strict, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I felt so bad for the like just the people that had to go to school during that time, especially like the high schoolers in 2020. They'd gone to school for, and uh, they graduate 2020 and it's like, oh, you're not graduating. Well, you're graduating, yeah. but not really. So yeah, yeah, I didn't go to school. I stayed home. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Oh, so you moved, uh, you went to University of Miami in 2021. Was a lot of the music that you were releasing during that time, was that stuff that you had recorded in New York or were you, um, uh, yeah, so, did you start, go ahead. Um, I was recording with um, my former manager and mm. this um, engineer that I had in New York and they were great. They were amazing, but I feel like I couldn't do as much with them because mm. I was in Miami for most of the year. Yeah. So all the stuff from freshman year, I would say was from New York. And mm. then just this past year, I would say October, November, when I wrote back to hell, I found mm. a new studio in Miami, which was perfect. Cause I could go like after class, like three times a week and stay like as long as I needed to. And I was getting so much done so I love that experience that's awesome so back to hell is the first project recorded in Miami yes correct that's awesome that's really cool what what's kind did you notice any like differences between the obviously outside of like working with your management team and whatnot but from like the recording studio aspect did you notice any differences or is yeah yeah I would just say that I felt a little bit more present Mm. and opinionated in the production aspect but it's it also like I wasn't able to control that in New York because like they would mix like upstate or wherever like I wasn't always available and I would be in Miami like going to class you know Mm -hmm. so it just was more efficient and productive because I was able to be there like 6 p.m to midnight we'd like order Chipotle I'd go to class the next morning and then I'd come back after class the Mm -hmm. next you know so yeah. it was just like a flow. Like whenever I was free, I'd just like hop on over there. It's right next to campus. For sure. You, so you you felt a lot more present in the full project, whereas mm-hmm. like New York, you had like a day. So you'd go cut the cut the audio and then you were pretty much cut out I, of the rest yeah, of the production. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, that's I, I could see where that's like annoying. Well, I mean, I guess annoying may or may not be the best term to use it, but just kind of feeling disconnected from your own work. Yeah. It's like, it's, but uh, so back to hell, first full project in Miami, you're full, fully a Floridian. Yes. How, you, how are you enjoying uh, living in South Florida? Oh my gosh, I love it. I could stay in Florida for the rest of my life, raise my kids here and die here. <laughs> like I love Florida so much. My dad wishes I had that attitude, but I, uh, you know, I, so I've lived in Florida off and on since I was in college. So since uh, 2012, after I graduated college, like I lived with my mom and dad when they were living up a little bit further North of West Palm beach. And then I lived in Orlando for a bit and I lived up in like the panhandle for a couple wow. of years. And so I've been all over the state and it's just like, 
the only place that I'd ever really consider staying is if I got if I was rich enough to like live in the Keys, the Florida Keys. Yeah, the Keys so, are nice. Boca, like yeah, yeah. It, if I could afford that far south, I'd stay. I'd move to Florida, but the way things yeah. are going, I I couldn't afford <laughs> to live in the Keys. So, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so uh, just kind of moving forward, if anybody wants to check out your music, any upcoming shows, any of that fun stuff, where's the best place to find all that? Um, so my Instagram and my TikTok, and then I have a link tree on both of those platforms to my website and my Spotify and all of that. So my Instagram is live, L-I-V, Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-A-A. And then my TikTok is live Hannah songs. Gotcha. Awesome. And then one thing we like to do to end every podcast with is I have a random question generator and I'm going to ask you the first question. It pops up. Okay. I'm nervous. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Hmm. I mean, I, I, I would say to read minds just because I want to know what people are thinking about me. <laughs> yeah. Fair. I, I completely, completely understand that one. It's just like, yeah. You know, people are good at faking it. So, yeah. Um, but then again, you get that truth that it's like, oh man, I didn't really, but I really want to know that. Yeah. I know. Do I want that superpower? <laughs> right. For sure. But once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been an absolute blast. Enjoy your Pilates class. I've <laughs> never done it, but I've done yoga. So I don't know. There are men the, in the class. Yeah. Yeah. I've it's tried. A, <laughs> but thank you yep absolutely once again thank you so much thank you everybody for tuning in uh if you want to support live and amplified live and amplified.net is our website please feel free to uh check it out but once again live hannah thank you so much for hanging out with us really appreciate it and we'll see you all later